Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, of course, we're going to be discussing episode two of this series of Doctor Who. And of course, this episode is called Smile. And will we have anything to smile about, Paul? Hmm, mm. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see later. But first, let's have what there is of the news, because there isn't a lot. We've, we've got one thing, haven't we? Before yes. we before we move on to the dreaded stats, but and <laughs> <laughs> we're struggling to understand it exactly. Um, this we found this on the Radio Times website. Uh, basically, in episode four um, of this series, an episode called Knock Knock, um, it's been um, announced that there's going to be a special 3D audio version of this episode. It's going to be uh, available immediately after the episode is aired on the BBC iPlayer. Now. Um, this is achieved by something called bin- a binaural recording. Now, we don't understand it either, but basically the um, spoilers, the episode features um, termites. These the evil, it says evil floor creaking termites. And basically this um, 3D audio can only be um, achieved listening through headphones. You've got to watch this using your headphones afterwards. Mm. Um, and basically it puts you at the heart of the action, it says, in this nail-biting episode. Yeah, if you do actually really want to know how this all works, the next video podcast that Phil does, he will have a slideshow and be giving demonstrations of how he can record it. <laughs> Damn, because I don't have a, I can't understand how this works actually. But we, we shall attempt in the, in the absence of any other news, we shall attempt to um, to describe how they achieve this recording. So, but. Uh, and you know what's really, really just got got me now on this one because I've seen like the list of the episode titles as they've been going down. Yeah. And I've just realised it's knock knock who's there. Is it really? Well, you know, it's knock knock, but the obviously the thing is who's there. So it's obviously that's the that's the joke on that I presume this that title. And I oh, just well. realised it. You just so realised that. Oh well slow. that's okay. That's okay. So slow the pick up there, but yeah. Um, basically, what what this means, this will put you in the action, as it were. So the, the idea of, the, of this this three D sound, it will be like the the termites are in the room with you. They're scuttling around your feet, and and oh dear, I I, I don't like the sound of this. To be honest, I'm, I'm not. No. Um, you know, um, I was going to say I'm just glad it's not. Um, they didn't uh, try and do this with Kill the Moon, really. So no, <laughs> bloody spiders. Um, yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Now we, we we sort of looked up the the wiki page um for this and basically they use I think the most common way of recording this, they use a, a dummy head, it seems, isn't it? Yes. Uh which they put in two microphones and they place speakers um front and behind, left and right. And it also appears to have um the arc of the the arc of these speakers it's a 65 degree arc at the front and 104 degree arc at the back it seems to matter ball account so they place these speakers there re- record with these using these two headphones and you get something called um i think it's what it said an in head um effect or in head acoustics Maybe that's you it or say, something you, you say it matters how far huh? and if it's anything like me it just depends on they're the only two leads they could find <laughs> one, was, <laughs> one was short and one was long so that's fine. but it, it does just seem very elaborate they've got to make a, a, a you know put inside a dummy's head Why well, I, suppose, they... I suppose so the microphones are actually roughly the, the right distance away as in between your ears, sort of thing. Well, couldn't, couldn't you judge that with using a couple of mic stands? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. Where's the fun in that? 
Yes, now I have to perfectly recreate a human being's head to, to achieve this recording. Yeah, it does seem a bit... Um, I mean, it certainly sounds interesting. Um, As I said, we, we use the same thing with a dummy when we do the commentaries, don't we? It's called Tony. Tony. <laughs> we can get away with that because he doesn't listen he to doesn't these listen, anyway. No. No, exactly. <laughs> Binaural recording or not, he, he never listens to it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly very interesting. I don't know. I mean, obviously, this, this seems like a, um, a, a good episode to, to to trial this out on really if you're going to have like insects scuttling about everywhere um yeah. i mean w- will will you be heading straight to the eye player after this one paul or will you just leave that to me <laughs> um yeah insects not my favorite thing but no i mean I pro- i'll probably have to give it a go just to see what yeah. it's like to be honest yeah indeed indeed i'll, I'll give um, it a go i think actually just out of just yeah. a, a big experience really Apparently the, um, the next thing, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's a pity the old 3D telly's gone out the window a bit, really, isn't it? Because otherwise, it's really the 3D telly. You could have been sitting there with your glasses on and your headphones, <laughs> <laughs> like a right prat, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, apparently, um, just going further down the history of Bonnell record, apparently Lou Reed. Um, in 1978, released the first commercially produced binaural pop record, Street Hassle. Right. So it says it, which is a combination of live and studio recordings. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll take their word for that. Yes. To be honest, I, I'm not not a uh, I'm not a sort of a, a Lou Reed fan. I've got to be honest. So um, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe others can write in and let us know if if that's true or not. But uh, well, that's it for the news, isn't it? That is. Yes. That is it for the news. So. Um, Oh, God, it's stats, isn't it? It's stats. Okay, everybody. It's Omega's Stats Corner. Okay, everybody. The overnight viewing figures for Smile were 4.25 million viewers, which is a 22.9% of the total TV audience for that evening. Um, Britain's Got Talent won, won it with 9.21 million, which is a 44% audience share. Um, and that, that's quite a big boost for them as well, actually, from last week's. It is actually. Doctor yeah. played about the same, but they went up. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether this this whole... I mean, everyone was trying to say, oh, the reason it didn't get the viewing figures last time because it was shown the autumn, wrong time, yeah, it always get traditionally bigger audience uh, figures in, in the spring. It's not proving to be true, is it, at the moment? But. No. But um, anyway, but the audience appreciation index was static, the same as last week, 83, which is good. Yes. Which is good. That is still good. Um, I think I mean, the highest score for that evening went to Casualty and Amazing Hotels and BBC Two, which only scored 84. So not yeah. a lot in it, really, if, if you if you sort of like uh, pay attention to these things. I was actually, sorry, just going back to the overnight viewing figures for Smile. Yeah. Um that's nice. The early morning signed repeat of the pilot, shown on BBC Two at four ten a.m., had an average audience of one hundred twenty nine. Yeah, one hundred twenty nine thousand viewers. Yeah. And I was just thinking, is that more than class was getting? Um, I think it was actually. I'm sorry to say. I'd say, has any news come out how class is doing on BBC America? I haven't seen anything. No, I haven't actually. I totally forgot that was coming out. To be so honest. did I, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you you just saying that just reminded me it was, it was on BBC yes. America. Um, yeah, I've absolutely no idea. No idea. I, at I all. haven't seen any fiddy talking about it. No, <laughs> perhaps I just haven't got that sort of people on my. 
No, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen anything <laughs> propping up at all. So to be honest no. with you, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. But um, but no, it's, it's, it's does, gonna, doesn't bode well, does it? It doesn't really. Um, unfortunately, the I say the going back to the overnight viewing figures again. I mean the um, as you said, nine point two one million viewers for uh, Britain's Got Talent. Um, the only biggest viewing figures for for BBC that night was all around to Mrs Brown's, and that was only five point three million. And yeah. the FA Cup uh, game that was on before Doctor Who uh, only had 5 million viewers. So there wasn't an awful lot of people watching telly on the BBC that night, it seems. No. Really wasn't. Really wasn't. I mean, it may well have been a few people who put, <clears throat> didn't want to watch the football. Just turned off the channel, basically. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, the sit really all just went to the pub. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? Now, um, the final viewing figures for the pilot... Um, have, have been released. Fortunately, just before we started recording, which was which was handy, so <laughs> um, that came tenth um, it, that in, in in the chart that week, and and the top ten was dominated really by Coronation Street, wasn't it? Because that was at numbers nine, eight, seven, six, and five, basically. Yes. basically yeah. Um, so the final viewing figures, which included the plus one audience, there doesn't appear to be taken into account the um, online viewing figures yet but it had um a final audience of 6.68 million yeah so so it did jump up quite significantly actually didn't, didn't it yeah and to come in like 10th overall watch that week um i don't think it's too bad going no if you also consider that you know all round to mrs <clears throat> brown's was only down in 21 21st yeah. place which tended to have beaten it on the day it's yeah, it's quite a big jump on terms of those fans that so, want to yeah, watch that. Yeah, exactly. Did it did it on the plus one stuff, and that, yeah. uh, so that includes all the HD um, viewing view audiences as, well, as well. So uh, and it, yeah, it's, it's good, good to see it beating beating Country File and the Antiques Roadshow. At last, so. it's beat <laughs> early days, Paul. It's early days. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just interested. I, I, not not really having any interest in the soaps anymore. But Emmerdale now beats EastEnders. I know. Well, as I say, the whole the whole of the top twenty is dominated by soaps, as you would, would probably yeah. expect, really. Um, but it is just good to see that sort of Doctor Who has sort of beaten a lot of that lot of those into submission, as it were. Yeah. I'm just glad it's beating all rounds, Mrs. Brown's into submission. Actually, I, I don't understand why that is being made or, or how it got commissioned in the first place. Actually, but I'm, I'm not I'm not a fan. Put it that way. I'm looking, looking at this, actually, I've also realised I meant to watch May Grey and I forgot. <laughs> I've recorded it, I haven't watched it yet. So. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I, I, thought it was, I saw it advertised, I thought I'm not going to get a chance to say it. I must watch it on Catch Up at some point. And no, I've, this is just the next time I've remembered it. <laughs> I've it oh, I never watched that. It's probably too late now. Too late now, exactly. You might get it on the older. Uh, they do have a Catch Up service, don't they, ITV? Yeah, it's usually seven days, though, and that's. Oh, is it? Oh, dear. Gone, I think. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Never mind, never mind. Well, that is so, it. So I'll make my podcast right about this. <laughs> you have to postpone that one indefinitely, I think, that one, yes. Paul. We'll, we'll have to wait till it's repeated on ITV3. <laughs> Which won't be long. No. Or ITV Encore is the other weird one as well. Uh, yeah, so that's it for the news. That's it for the for stats as well. So um, a, very, a, very short, a very short news list this week. but um, Which I think is going to just be... The trend. I've got a funny thing for this series. 
Yeah, I think there's, there's, just, there's, there's. I mean, obviously there are a lot of rumours going around at the moment, which we're just not going to talk about because it's not really, it's not really news, is it? No, really, it's just a lot of, um, as I said, rumour and supposition. So yeah. it's not, uh, not anything to get our teeth into, uh, to be perfectly honest. So um, there you are then. So coming up next is our review of Smile. So for another week, then that was the news. everybody it's time to talk about smile welcome to paradise this is a great day out welcome to your new world where are all the people be happy oh, what's happening what do we do they're expecting the new garden of eden not to be the fertilizer and it's your turn to kick off proceedings paul isn't it yes yes you have that honor so um what what did you think let me start by saying i really really enjoyed the first 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> well what i was going to say if it was my turn to kick this i was going to say it looked nice didn't it <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know i don't know about you but i've actually found myself watching especially the second time when i watched it and just thought myself if you'd actually just blown the ship up then it'd have been a much better story yes yes um yeah sh- sh- should we concentrate on the good stuff first <laughs> yeah go on then yeah um, go on then. <laughs> no. No, actually, I, I mean, I really did like the idea of the the robots and the... And it was actually quite a not-nice story. Well, it wasn't really. Well. No, no. Um, um, we had, yeah, sudden deaths and not very nice deaths. No. And, and the idea that people were just being turned into fertiliser. All very... Very what you want from a Doctor Who story. I it think. is really, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, it was it's, as you say, it's certainly gruesome enough. People have been eaten alive. Um, wasn't gory. Just had a few like you know dry yeah. bones hitting the floor. It was um, enough, enough to put the fear of God into into children, basically. So, um, so yeah, to make them scared like. of bees. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's... precisely. <laughs> but bees are our friends. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> And I really liked the the attitude between the Doctor and Bill. Just basically at how he went while he was working it out. Mm. So while he was working it at working out what was happening there, and while she was trying to work him out as well a bit. Yeah, yeah. From that point in space, you know, actually now seeing him travelling rather than just in the university or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still loving the Bill character. I, yes. I really am. I, I think Pearl Mackie's is is brilliant, to be honest. Um, and what I thought, what I thought was really good, what they did with this was the, the fact that they actually used the fact the smile on, the badge and that, to show mm. just how much she was loving being with the Doctor. Yeah, I mean, I, I and did it actually, really brought that much out of the character to it. It did, yeah. I, I mean, I did make a sort of note about the about the the, the badges, and um, really, it, it was just sort of you already knew what the the Doctor and and and, and Bill were thinking. So, but it kept sort of like flipping back to the badges on their back all the time. And was it really doing anything? Really, I, I don't know. It was. An, I like the idea. I like the idea behind it, but I just say so it didn't have to. The big close-ups. I think if you just didn't 
um, keep focusing on them all the time, and and you had to use basically you had to keep keep a, a watch out for it. If you see, if you see what I mean, you know. Yeah, um, no, I, actually, I actually really liked it. I thought that was actually used quite well. Yeah. The bit yeah. And, the, and when the Doctor realises what's going on with the, the walls, you get the sort of light bulb bit here on the, in his badge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was some uh, nice little, nice little things. I, I think the only thing downside for me is I, I do not speak emoji at all. I, I don't understand it, to be honest. Um, and and, I, and I'm unanimous in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so all that's left to say is how many thumbs up do you give this one, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I just sort of. I, mean, I do like the fact that sort of like this is the one method of communication that's been carried forward into the future. That sort of the human race has got so bloody lazy they can't bother to talk anymore. They just put symbols up again. Yeah. So um, yeah, I. I <laughs> that's just me being an old miserable old curmudgeon as, as usual, to be honest. But. Um, but, but it's but it, yeah, it was good though. That was the that was the doctor's view of it as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so at least we can empathise with the doctor. <laughs> um, I mean, the other thing that quite surprised me was sort of like you you got the, the you know the the, um, the cold open was was set in the TARDIS and a very very brief appearance of Nardole this week. Yes. As well, um, which I, I okay. I don't think Matt Lucas has to be in it every week. Actually, no. um, it, it should be more about the Doctor and Bill, and I, I think that that worked fine, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I mean, where, where he works, where he has worked well, and what we said about last time was the fact that he hasn't been overbearing in it. Yeah, I know we've only been sort of one, one episode in, but uh, at that point, but yeah, it's true. He wasn't even during that. He wasn't overbearing. He certainly wasn't this no. week, and I think it. it I, I'm glad for that, to be honest. You wonder where the character could go if the, if he, if he was travelling all the time with the Doctor. Well, we find a bit more about you know you know this whole thing about the you know the vault. He's made a promise, and it sort of goes in a little bit more about. Yeah. That. I'm still not entirely sure what that is, but it, it that's why it makes sense for Nardo to stay behind because I think he's just there to. I think his role is to keep the Doctor in check to make sure he doesn't go off world, and that yeah. you find it's only meant to be in an emergency now. So. So someone's got to look after the shop, basically, haven't they? Yeah, he's there to be the doctor's conscious, isn't he? Conscious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So from that point of view, I think I think you know the, the character's working um, working well, actually. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like that, and it just sort of teases a little bit more about why the doctor's there as yeah. well. So not giving too much away at the moment. Um, when you flip from that back onto the, the planet. Um, You've got a lot of fairly recognisable actresses in in the form of Mina Anwar, uh, who um, fans of the Sarah Jane Avengers will know will play um, Rani's mum, and yeah, um, yeah uh, and then she was sort of killed off in a matter of I don't know a long her screen time was actually wasn't even like two or three minutes was it? No, didn't even make the titles. No, 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 exactly, exactly. But um, and that, and that was with the other bit in the TARDIS as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That was a bit odd. Did, uh, did you feel that there was a bit? They wasn't quite sure how they was going to open it. Get the feeling that the the well, bit it when could... it went to the planet was going to be the op- was originally written as the opening to the episode. Well, that would be the usual order of things, wouldn't it? Really, um... you wonder whether that's that that was how it was um, written by. Frank Cottrell Boyce and the bit in the TARDIS was sort of put in by Stephen Moffat because he wanted to 
keep the sort of story arc bit of it going. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really. It's it's just a little bit. Just yeah, slightly I'd, odd. You usually get one odd, or the yeah. other, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind it actually. I, I didn't mind it. It just made it just made a bit of a difference. Yeah. To be honest, you know, I just quite liked it. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Yeah. So you you find out about the you know the the, the things that are sort of eating people alive are these the the Vardy, um, which these sort of like these sort of swarm of robots really i'd like the twist of the fact the vardy weren't the you find those the robots walking about with just the interface for the yeah. things swarming about your head so i did quite like that um i'm wasn't quite so sure about the design of of the interface actually the way they sort of like sort of shuffled about and everything um i know they sort of made the thing about well that they the way they captured because there's just so many of them yeah when something runs chases you slowly it's because it knows it doesn't have to travel fast have to travel fast yeah so I, I, I don't know it's just an, another 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 clunky robot really is it in in, in the history of clunky robots to be honest. but yeah but, uh, but I suppose on the basis that they're not actually at any point the ones that are gonna no. capture you um, all they've got to do is direct the swarm towards you and you can't outrun that so yeah yeah, that's that's all they oh, could oh, do. Oh, they can stand. They could stand in the corner for all it really. Matters. Yeah, exactly. Even though the Doctor and Bill managed to outrun the swarm back to the TARDIS, this is to chase them yes. out of the city, did it? Which I found a bit a bit odd. But um, well, I suppose they've only stayed nits, nits that there. After once you was outside of the city, it just didn't consider you to be something they had to look after you for. Whether that was the the programming. Yeah. To them, I know we saw them outside <clears throat> of the city in the. The at the, at the be- yeah, exactly. Yeah, pollinating the wheat, but I suppose that's because there's, you know, I don't know. They they was out there because they've been told to go out there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. But um, but the whole thing about the city, um, which was sort of filmed at the City of Arts and Sciences in Valencia, um, in Spain, um, it looked great. It really, it, it looked fantastic. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, we haven't had a um a, a futuristic. Setting like this in Doctor Who for ages, you know, clean looking. Yeah, because everything so far has been sort of sort of grimy and lived in, and this was just like new and clean and sort of very, sort of like very sort of very utopia like, wasn't it? Really, it's, it's how you expect the, the you know the future to look like. Um, and I liked it, and I liked the fact that you sort of you were sort of given hints that the city was alive with with the pulsing lights. Going, yeah. going around the walls and or, or just sort of setting the walls. It's, it was it was continually alive, and I I I really liked that. And it was very, I felt I've, I've, I mean I know that this comparison has been made elsewhere already, but it just immediately put me on a forbidden planet with the, with the whole living um, living city of what was it the, what was they called the Krell, weren't they or something? Um, yeah. So I like I I, you know, I loved that. I, I, I really did like that. Um, and it just, I mean, the fact it wasn't a set either, it was actually something that's actually been built, is even more amazing, to be honest. You know, I've, I've, I've really loved that. But then you get inside the spaceship and you're, and you're back to the, you know, the the, the, the steam the boiler pipes. Room. Boiler rooms, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um... But, but, but even that made sense in the, you know, in the fact that, yeah, this is, this is, this is man-made, that's robot-made out Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, you needed that juxtaposition, didn't you? And, yeah. Yeah, and from that point of view, it, it it really worked. You know, there was um, as I said, you know, it looked great. The whole episode looked fantastic. Um, 
and I did like it, as you say, the, the interaction with Doctor, the Doctor and Bill. Um, I could have quite have happily just have watched that, to be honest. It, it was it was almost like watching an, an old episode of Doctor, like episode one of a four part story. Yeah, the, the Doctor and the companions wander around and try and figure out where where they are. Yeah, you know, um, with with a little something sort of happening behind them or something behind the scenes they can't yet see and only the audience can it was you know that you know that sort of thing um but as you say what's wrong yeah exactly um and the doctor was sort of off off his game quite a bit this this he's almost reminding a little bit of um curse of the black spot where the doctor kept that this is what's happening yeah. no i'm wrong this is what's happening no i'm wrong again this is what's happening you know it, it was it was very much like that again um but it, it, <laughs> It was better than Curse of the Black Spot, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about when he was talking about the this, there could be a you know, this was obviously just sent on a head and whatever. You do feel he's just from what he says later, he's, he was just saying that to convince Bill not to be worried. Yeah, while he while he was still trying to work out what exactly had happened, and then by the time they get to the point of the fertilizer, he's realised. Yeah. But the only bit he hadn't figured out by that point is that the colonists are actually already there because he was going, he was going to go yeah. back and blow it up, wasn't he? Which yeah. is a bit of a weird reaction, I thought, to be honest. Doctor, to go back and just blow uh, it up. I know he sort of like thought about well, the colonists are going to arrive, they're going to get slaughtered. So rather than so the whole his idea was just to blow blow everything up, which I suppose um, he he had to. He had to do if if the city was made up of the robots. I suppose he yeah. had much choice, but um, there's, it's yeah, quite... there's, there's not a unless there was a way of deactivating them. Yeah, well, which he which he did find in the end. So the end. yeah, it was, it was a little bit undoctory that solution, to be honest. But but I suppose a, a an easy one if he just felt it was just um, non living mechanical. Yeah. Uh, robots he was blowing up really I suppose that was just seen as the the easiest way to do it yeah yeah but then he sort of realised that that's actually a sentient life form um, that that was that was the bit I've just found a little bit as you say the, the, you know when the colonists woke up and it all all goes to hell um, it was you know what these robots were committing genocide and the doctor was his whole thing was to save the colonists, and in the end, he sort of like, well, screw the colonists. Um, we're, we're, I'm just going to reset these genocidal robots. Who's to say it's not going to happen again? Basically, I know he's sort of like you know, he's reset them. But I do begin to wonder whether the whole thing was just a big build-up to the payoff of turning them on and off again, off and on yeah. again. I should say, sorry. Um, and that, that's what it's, it's, it's just like, it just was the easy. Oh well, I'll just reset them. Mm. But if they've learnt to be, the thing I get on that one is if they've learnt to be, um, life forms, mm. by their experience and by going beyond their programming, who's to say resetting them that they're actually going to be able to go on that bit of development again? Yeah, and I just found that the whole resolution just a bit muddled. Yeah, because it could happen again, couldn't it? Really, but it um, could do. But it, but it might not. They may not ever get more than being a slave robot. Yeah, I couldn't see how resetting them would keep the sentient part. Yes. Re- yeah, 
Uh, or you know, or whether they would actually ever get that back again. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's like resetting, resetting humans back to apes and seeing whether they're going to develop back into humans again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Might not. Yeah. Might just go a different way. And well, never reach. Yeah, I, I just, I just thought that, that it are. was. Yeah, I just thought it was a little bit, as you say, got to the end. It was, it was muddled. And, and why would the, the colonists that were, that were woken up, Ralph Little being one of them, um, why they thought shooting at a swarm. Was 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 going to do them any good, really? Surely they they knew exactly what was building the colony before they woke well, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they realised that. They, yeah, they should have realised that the robots that they could see were only the interface. Yeah, and the thing, and also the doctor didn't really explain all this stuff about the doctor's a great lecturer. He mm. obviously didn't explain them to them very well, did he? When before those in the ship. No, he certainly bloody didn't. So. <laughs> If they thought all they had to do was come out and shoot a couple of the little robots, the couple of the <laughs> interfaces, and that would be that. Oh, it wasn't quite like that, was it? Crikey. No. Yeah, it, it was. It was just. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, that just bit just didn't quite quite add up for me. It, yeah, actually. it just it, it just really ran didn't. out of steam, didn't it? Really. Yeah, it did to a degree, didn't it? Um, and I thought it was almost a bit of a, a retread of the beast below. As well, to a certain degree, because uh, it was almost like yeah. Bill that, that 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 sort of discovered what was what was going on when she found that old lady that that had died there, um, yeah. and almost a little bit of forty two, to a certain degree. It all happened within a space of a few hours. Yeah, the whole lot being wiped out, and this, this what the doctor called a grief um, tsunami or something. Um, but yeah, I, I, as we know, Frank Cottrell Boyce wrote this one, and the his last contribution to Doctor Who was in the Forest of the Night, which um Again I, looked wonderful. I, looked wonderful. I, I just get I just get a feeling that he, he he's great at um bit world building. Yeah. And not so much on the whole plot aspect of it. Um, I could be I, I could know, be doing, just... the, doing the guy a big disservice, but you think about it, the, the the whole thing with the Doctor and Bill to begin with was was building the world, wasn't it? Yeah, you're, dis- you're discovering it along with them, and once you've discovered what it is, it's sort of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah, you know, and it was all very, very rushed at the end. Again, which which is the problem with the forty-five minute episode format, as we've we've discussed endlessly, really. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, it seemed to be that that way with um, in the Frost of the Night as well, building the world of sort of like yeah, you know, the. the, the Earth been taken over and overgrown with with plants and everything, but the actual payoff was less than the sum of its parts. And I thought this was the same sort of thing, really. Yeah, you just you just it was it was a really good build up, and you just wanted something really uh, intelligent to, that made you think, "Oh, that's clever." Yeah, as, as the payoff to it. Yeah, and it just was all oh, right. Okay, so you just switch it on and off again. Right, okay, yeah, fine. yeah, that's it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy because I did enjoy it. Yeah, I did enjoy it. And it was it was it was fantastic to look at, um, and I thought it was fairly well directed. Again, again, this one was directed by Lawrence Goff, who, who um, directed last week's um, episode. I th- I thought it was very. As I say, it looked it looked great. Um, it's just yeah. the unfortunately, as you say, the the final fifteen or so minutes didn't really. It didn't work for for me anyway. No, no, it, it worked worked the best when 
when both Bill and the Doctor were trying to work out a where what they thought of each other, yeah, and b what was going on on this in this city. Yeah, exactly. One thing I when the when the Doctor was shutting down the cold fusion engine, uh, which actually looked like something that would have been wouldn't have looked out of place on Stevenson's rocket. Um, to be honest, um, how did that Vardy interface get down there so quickly? I mean, that that, that was the thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're obviously pretty good on ladders. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're crap walking on flat surfaces. Give them a ladder though. Cool. What well, you watch them move? Bloody hell. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there was a lift somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, now, though, obviously, I think I, I've sort of heard other people making parallels to the, this to like being like the Happiness Patrol as well. Everybody had to smile, be happy all the time, um, and I can see whether there's some certain parallels with that. But other people made parallels to like the Ark in space, and there was like a um, something the Doctor mentioned as well. He's come across human colonists before yeah doing these doing this sort of thing um and i was obviously talking about like the ark in space and and even the ark as well um actually um so i, I, I that's again it's it's referencing the history without you without hitting you over Not the head easy. with it if, yeah 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 I, which i i quite like that actually um the one thing i did sort of notice was, was some of the the music this week as well i don't know if you noticed some of it was very 80s who there was a lot of sort of synthesizer work going on, and in and in, if you listen to it carefully, there were sort of very un, sort of underlying echoes also for the music of Forbidden Planet as well, right? Which was just a lot of lot of electronic noises, and I don't know if that was a um, a conscious thing because this whole living city thing where it was like a little a little nod to that, but um, I sort of picked up on it, and I I, I watched it, watched it the first time, picked up, and the second time I was really listening out for it, and. I, I loved it. Obviously, you didn't you didn't hear it, Paul. But <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I don't. Well, if you watch it for a third time, just listen, just listen mm. out for this. It's very very subtle. Right. What Murray what Murray Gold did there. Um, yeah, I I I really liked it. I mean, I liked the, his his soundtrack for the for the pilot, and I, I I love this week's as well. To be honest, so I'm um, I, I just think Murray Gold just gets better and better. Yeah. Really, I really do. I really do. Um, yeah, so um any any anything else that sort of stuck out for you sort of I mean Peter Capaldi again was was great. We 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 talked about um Pearl Mackey, but I say Peter Capaldi was again fantastic this week. It's not often he gets an episode where he can smile, is there really? No, there's not really, is there? There isn't, even if it's forced. Yes. <laughs> even if it's forced. Yeah, um yeah, I just thought he was he was great again actually. I really do, and I just love the interaction between between the his his doctor um, and Bill. To be, I, th- I think they're a, they're a, a a perfect coupling of characters. I really do. And I thought I thought it was actually quite a nice way of introducing the two hearts things for a new a new way of doing that. Yeah. On the basis that you know she's saying about oh why have you got two? Because oh, they see me as two people. Yeah. And again, it was just sort of it wasn't hitting you over the head with Time Lord mythology or anything, was it? It was no. just sort of I've got two hearts. That's it, yeah. really. And that was it. Yeah. So no, I'm. I'm I mean, so far, yeah, okay. It, uh, for me, this week didn't match last week's episode, um, which which I absolutely adored. But um, on the whole, I still say it's, it's two out of two, really. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, I've, not, I've enjoyed both of them. Yeah. And I've, I've enjoyed them for the relationship between Bill and the Doctor, I think, probably more than the stories. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I think that, that's probably the, 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 the highlight of this, to be honest, wasn't it? Um, you know, I think, I think if the if the whole thing immediately was about the colonists had immediately woken up and trying to fight off the the, the swarms of Vardy, I don't think it would have worked that well. No. Actually, I, I like the fact that we've had two episodes, really, which have been fairly quiet. Yeah. I mean, it actually got worse the more people you introduced. Yes. Um, which... Which we've just realised, um, obviously it would have been there in the end credits as well, that all the characters got a name, which were never actually mentioned in the show itself. No. Because uh, Ralph Little's character's name was Steadfast, apparently. But he, yeah. he just said that, so it was, it was MedTech 1, didn't he? And that was yeah. it. <laughs> and Mina Anwar had a, had a name, a character, a good thing. Again, you you didn't, uh, didn't that didn't come across at all. So, no. um, unless that was edit- edited out, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Like it could have been. It could have been. But um, ah, oh well, there we are. There we are. So yeah, f- I, first I thirty minutes great. I slightly but... wonder why Medtech One wasn't part of the the original group. Well, you would have thought waking him, waking him up first would have been wise. Actually, um, yeah. it seems to be seems to be more interesting getting the um, sort of the people to sort of get the vegetables growing first, yeah. which they literally did in the end, didn't they? So... You wonder if they had they had a med tech available, they might well have saved the old lady in the first place. Precisely. <laughs> but it's little things like that just make you think. The whole colonies thing was a little bit of an afterthought for yeah. for a, you know from my point of view anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see because because obviously the, the episode what I'm liking. Um, at the moment, because the, all the episodes so far... I know, when I was trying to sell it to Ralph Little to be in it, it was, no, no, it's, it's a big part. You're not just a medtech, you're medtech one. It, oh, sign me up. Sign <laughs> me up. Only going to be in the last five minutes. <laughs> I like to know what they did to say it to me and Ranwar, but... <laughs> um, I was going to say, no, the other thing as well, because obviously this episode starts literally as the episode one ends... With Bill getting in the TARDIS, so this is her first, uh, her sort of like mate, her first maiden voyage of her choice, really. You know, you know, yes. uh, you sort of you discount what she did um, like in last week's one, um, and then it ends, leading right into next week's episode as well on, on the Frozen Thames. So, um, yeah, I, I, this is almost like going back to old who again isn't it where each episode yeah. you know, once we finish it would lead directly into the next one that would be the the cliffhanger so it's, it's yeah. almost like going back to the old days again again i think this is like a a, a conscious decision i saw to, someone to... tweeted um a picture i mean i don't know who originally did it or whatever yeah um of the of the elephant mm. bit where it's running and it's sort of like next week um, thin ice, yeah. As if it was like the sort of Hartnell end credit bit, you know. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's exactly what it's like, been like, isn't it? It is Just... exactly. Yeah, I hope that continues. Yeah, actually, I hope that continues all the way through. Because I'm, I'm, I'm again. Um, I don't, I'll tell if, you, I tell you, who isn't hoping it continues like that all the way through. Who's that? Big finish. <laughs> There's no gap for them to put in enough. No, story. there isn't. Is there? 
<laughs> Ten years down the line, when they've got the rights to do the Twelfth Doctor and Bill's audio stories, and they can't, there's, no, there's nowhere to fit them in. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's that's a bloody good point, actually. That's a good point. But um, anyway, well, that that's what. I mean, have you finished, Paul? Have you, have, yeah. I mean, I've got nothing more to say, but um, but obviously, we've asked for your feedback. And thanks once again. Some of you have have, um, have written in. So um, first up, we have uh, Mark Cochran. Uh, Mark's um, from the Nerdology podcast and the, the um, Blue Box podcast as well. So hi, Mark. Thanks for writing in. Um, he says, I really enjoyed it. Um, there were echoes of classic stories like the, the Happiness Patrol, the Sentient City from Death to the Daleks. That's a good point. I'd never thought about that. And a nod to the Ark in Space as well. Um, I really like Peter and Pearl. I think they complement each other really well. And I thought the way the episode ended was very satisfying. Another nod to the early days, which we've just said as well. So, um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, next up, we have uh, Kieran Hyman. And um, he's shortened to the point. He says, I think I'm going to get tired of saying how great every episode is. But that was excellent. So, thank you, Kieran. Now, Ian Thomas McLean. Um, first of all, he sent his reply in, in emoji. Um, which I didn't understand. So I, unfortunately, I had to write back to you, Ian, and, and, and say, um, sorry, I don't speak emoji, as I've, as I've said earlier on this podcast. So thank you for, for putting into plain English for me, Ian. Um, so he, he writes, it was fine, unremarkable, also lots of recycled stuff. So um, thanks very much for that. I'm, I'm assuming you mean recycling things like the Happiness Patrol and... Maybe a bit, a bit like the beast below and things like that. So um, anyway, or colonists as fertilizer. Or colonists as fertilizer, yes. <laughs> uh, so thanks, Ian. Uh, next up, we have um, feedback from Gareth Lloyd. Hi, Gareth. Um, Gareth writes it had an, uh, an intriguing premise, but lost its way as the episode went on, feeling like a strange blend of the Ark in Space, Happiness Patrol, and Amy's Choice. Um, I never thought about Amy's Choice actually. I, th- I thought maybe more Beast Below, but. Um, but there's a theme running there. We're sort of alluding to Happiness Patrol and Ark in Space here. Um, so thanks, Gareth. Uh, next up, uh, Suki Kark. Hi, Suki. Um, Suki writes, I thought it was a good episode. It wasn't as it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't great either. Uh, Capaldi and Pearl Mackey were fantastic in the first half of the episode as they tried to discover what happened to the colonists. After the gruesome discovery of the human compost, it kicked up a notch. The ending was a bit naff, though. Should have been a lot better. Uh, thanks, Suki. And last of all, we have uh, Jeff Waddle. Hi, Jeff. Uh, bits of the, he writes bits of the Ark, hence the elephant at the end. Um, yeah, that's right because I, I forgot about the elephant and the Ark. Actually, hmm. there was an elephant. I've only watched the Ark once because I just thought it was it was just a, a weird, not terribly engaging story. But yes, there was an elephant in it. Um, so he said bits of the Ark, hence the elephant at the end. The Ark in space. Amy's choice. Happiness Patrol. And a story from the 1975 Doctor Who annual, what, What's Not to Love. If this is the lesser of the season, what a corker it's going to be. Hmm. So thanks, Jeff. That's a, that's, I, like the, I like the way you wrap that up there, Jeff. This is one of the lesser episodes, and it's still good. This is going to be a corker of a season. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd agree with that sentiment, actually. So, thanks very much, everybody, for for writing in. Um, obviously, we'd like more of you to to write in. So, please do. So, at, at the end of every um, episode, I'm putting the the advert out on Facebook and and Twitter for you to send your feedback in. So, please do, because we we enjoy uh, we enjoy reading it out and and discussing it as much as we can. So, so thank you very much. So, um, 
that just about wraps up this week's episode, doesn't it? It does. It does indeed. So, of course, we'll be back next week um, to talk about Thin Ice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> unless, unless I can review my contract. And see. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten what every week podcasting was like. I oh, know, exactly. <laughs> same here, same here. It's a bit of a... Oh, oh, oh it's a bind, isn't it? So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not as young as I was, you know. <laughs> Honestly, you pitch up once a week, do a bit of chatting, bugger off again, and leave it to me to put it all together. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, folks. So until next week, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.